I want to introduce you now to <coughs> to this chap, David Nash. He lives in Wales and he's a sculptor. He makes things out of wood. And he makes big things out of wood, big sculptures. So there's a huge chair here and there's a great box here called Cracking Box. Well, David, uh, he also did this, um, this set of ash trees. Uh, some decades ago, he planted a, a circle of ash trees and he's grown them and bent them to form this perfect circle, circular structure. Well, back in uh, 1978, he looked like that. And um, in his home in Wales, he got a message one day that uh, nearby, a great oak tree, a 200-year-old oak tree, had come down. So he went over to find the oak tree thinking, I can get some free wood here. I can create, I can get some wood out of it, take it back to my studio and make a work of art. So after some months with his chainsaw, because that's his favourite sculpting tool, he created this great wooden boulder. <clears throat> and then when he came to taking the, the boulder back, he realised it was A, very heavy and B, very big. It, it weighed about half a tonne and it was three feet across. So he thought, uh, rather than uh, try and get a crane or something to get this boulder back. I'll put it in the stream and send it down the valley so it'll be much nearer my house. So with some rolling, he managed to get the boulder eventually into the nearby stream. And off it went down this uh, quite fast-moving stream to start with. Now, initially it went down a waterfall, but when it got to the bottom of the waterfall, it got stuck on some rocks. And it stayed there for over a year. It didn't move. Uh, David was wondering what to do but then one day uh, it was the spring after the summer after the snows had melted uh, the the stream rose the waterfall uh, got a lot uh, faster and the boulder started moving again it went off again and so he thought great the boulder's moving but it didn't go very far it got stuck again and uh, this time it got stuck for over a year and David would go back every few weeks to think has the boulder moved yet but it just stayed there finally though again there were some great uh, f some great rains and, and a storm and eventually the boulder started moving again so now we're up to sort of 12 years later and this boulder is still floating along uh, sometimes it went very fast through a very fast moving part of this narrow what was now a river or sometimes it just moved very slowly. It got stuck in a crevice or, or in a bank or in some mud and it would stay there for weeks or months or even a few years. And David would go back to photograph it. But then in 1994, so 16 years after he started with this boulder, the boulder got stuck under a bridge. And this is the one time that David Nash had actually, actually intervened to do something. So he actually got some men to lift the boulder out, hoist it over the bridge and put it on the other side. And uh, there it stayed. It stayed on the other side in the pebbles and the rocks again for many months. But then once again, there was that there were floods and storms and the river rose and the boulder started moving again. And David realised by now that something different was happening, that he wasn't just getting the boulder back to make a work of art, that actually the journey was the work of art. The journey of this boulder was the work of art itself. And so finally, 
um, around the turn of the century, the boulder entered the estuary of this river, the river Doihu. I think that's how you say it. It's a Welsh river. It went into the estuary of, of the river. And once it was in the estuary, it became uh, where the river meets the sea. It became subject to great forces, uh, tidal forces. Every 12 hours, there'd be a high tide and the boulder would be picked up and moved somewhere else. And uh, David now, uh, when he went to find his boulder, he could spend days and days looking for it to try and uh, search, seek it out so he could take a photograph of it. But then in 2003, uh, the boulder actually disappeared. Uh, nobody knew where it was. It had gone. And there are all kinds of stories that had it gone out to sea, was it stuck in mud? And it actually disappeared for 10 years, apart from one period of time in 2008 when it appeared, reappeared for a very short time. Uh, it came back on a beach and people saw it, but then it disappeared again. So from 2003 to 2013, it, it was gone. But then in 2013, David got a phone call from a friend. His friend said, your boulders appeared. He was working at home at the time in his studio. So he threw everything to one side, grabs his car keys, jumped in the car and drove back off to look for his boulder. And sure enough, there in a, in a, in a quiet part of the river again, of the beach rather, was his boulder. There's a family staring at it and wondering what it was. And this was now about 2014-ish, uh, something like that. Um, but then in 2015, once again, there was in August 2015, there was some very heavy rain, some flooding across the country and the boulder disappeared again. Since 2015, it's not been seen. So where is it? Is it uh, stuck in a, in a bank somewhere? Is it, is it covered in mud somewhere? Or is it, is it halfway across the Irish Sea on its way to Ireland or on its way to America? We don't know. David said this of his boulder in 2013. He said, it is where it is. It hasn't vanished. I just can't see it. The boulder <clears throat> from 1978 to now has been journeying for 40 years. It's a long time, isn't it? But we're all journeying as well. And sometimes our life moves quickly and we're rushing on and we don't notice the time or the dates because so much is happening, like a fast-moving river. Other times we're stuck and, and it seems like nothing's happening. Or like the psalmist says in Psalm 42, we just reminisce back to how, how, how things were and we wish things were back where they were. Sometimes life, just we just get stuck. And when we get stuck, and many of us feel stuck at, at this time, there's then, there's then a time of waiting, isn't there? A time of waiting, which could be, in the case of the boulder, uh, it could have been, it was for years in several cases. Waiting is tough. Uh, it's hard to wait. Um, the Bible is full of waits where people waited and found it really difficult. There are many waits. The, the, the Israelites were slaves for 400 years in Egypt. That was a big wait. They were exiled to Babylon or what's called Iraq for 70 years. That was a wait to come back from there. But there are also uh, many private individual waits in the Bible that perhaps we, we don't notice. So, for example, in Mark chapter 5, there's a woman who has a bleed. She's been bleeding for 12 years. And not only has she been bleeding for 12 years, she would have been outcast by, the, by society as unclean. 
And Mark tells us in chapter 5 that she's actually spent all her money on doctors, but it's just got worse. She actually's actually worse. So imagine how she felt in year 7, 8, 9, 10, um, just in the middle of this wait. When is it going to end? But in her case, finally she meets Jesus. We also are, on the, are in the middle of waiting. Many of us feel like that. And in the middle of a wait, it's tough. Uh, but remember what David Nash said. He realised after some time that the journey itself was the work of art. Eventually, you can look back on a journey. And we looked back on a journey today. And when we get through this time, and we will get through this, we also will be able to look back and think, what, what was that about? What, what, was, what did we learn? Was God speaking at that time? And if so, what was he saying? There's one verse of Psalm 42 which I want to go back to. And you'll just see it on your screen. I think it's verse 7. And the verse says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls all your waves and breakers have swept over me. Deep calls to deep. What does that mean? Well, sometimes in life, the deep things of God call out to the deep things within us. I think this is one of those times where we feel stuck, but at the same time, lots of new things are happening. God can speak at these times in a different note, in a different key. But we need to be attentive to hear what is God saying. The world is being shaken and we're being shaken as well. But also God is moving in new ways. I saw a survey last week that said um, 24% of people in this country are attending online services compared to 6% who were attending services in church. So four times as many people. Eden the bookseller said that the sale of uh, Bibles had gone up 55%. And uh, also in that survey, uh, three million more people in this country are praying than before. So times are happening, th things are happening. God is moving. God can move seamlessly and quickly at times like this. Doesn't, God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but God can bring good out of bad things. So in this time of change, it doesn't feel like change, but there are changes, aren't there, around us. What is God saying to you? Here's uh, two or three things that uh, God may be saying to you. First of all, is he giving us a genuine appreciation of the, of the small things that perhaps we've just never appreciated, including meeting together with family, with friends, with our church, remembering how we used to go to the house of God with shouts and praising in the, in, within the throng. First of all, is God just asking us to reminding us to appreciate those things those conversations that we that we're so used to having those coffee chats secondly i wonder if god is helping us to appreciate what it's like to live in uncertainty um, millions of people in the world live in uncertainty every day of the year uh, this year 400,000 people will die of malaria it's not a new illness it's been around for centuries they're living in uncertainty all the time some people are uncertain even where their next meal will come from. And um, for us, this time is like a stone hitting um, the glassy surface of a pool. Uh, our lives are normally so calm and ordered. But can we appreciate uncertainty and remember that after we leave this time? For many people in the world, it, this is just one more uncertainty. 
And thirdly, is God forming us in this time? Is he, is, he, is he shaping us for more faithful living? See, the final reality is God's faithfulness to us, God's fathering of us, as we've been hearing today. And um, the psalmist ends the psalm, doesn't he? He says, uh, I will yet praise you, my Saviour and my God. I will praise you, my Saviour and my God. In these times, in perplexing times, it's easy to lose our footing and it's easy to uh, lose our way and to think, what's going on? What's happening? But God can move in these times quickly and seamlessly. And what might God be saying to you? What might God, might he be, he be saying those things that I've just uh, summarised or might he be saying something new? Let's try and listen to God in these times. Let me pray just as we finish and try and bring this together. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that you went on a journey. You came from heaven to earth in order to help us on our journeys. You came here and you're always drawing people back to you, calling people back to you. So as you call to people, or as you call to us in this time, Lord, would you, would you give us ears to hear your voice and hearts that are, that are attentive to what it is you would have us do, to what it is you would have us learn. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.